This is Caffeine and Covers coming from Tempe, Arizona. It's Wednesday morning. I am very excited for the second half of the NBA season. We've got conference tournament time in college basketball, which you know what that means. March Madness is right around the corner. And boo, it's going to be exciting. We're going to get into that a little bit today. We're going to get into NBA. Um, and that's what we're actually going to start with is some NBA talk. But thank you so much for joining Caffeine and Covers. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Caffeine and Covers. Follow the Uptake Media Network for all your media needs. We've got the Poplars Club releasing on Thursday. Going to be a very special episode and guest coming out there. And then Sunday, we've got a new episode of the Uptake with Jake. So very excited for both of those. Um, and lastly, I want to just shout out our fundraiser, me and my brother, James Hodgegreen. Um, he plays basketball in area around Portland right now. Uh, but we have started a fundraiser. Uh, it's a GoFundMe for Jackson, Mississippi. And we have officially found a school to donate the money to, the money we have raised. It's over $650 right now. We are hoping to break 1000 before we send the money over. But we have found a school. We will announce it today on the Instagram. And yeah, man, very exciting. So we are going to be helping out, getting some water to folks in Jackson who were hit by the winter storm and COVID and are really struggling right now. Water pipes are broken and uh, it's not getting much attention. So that's what uh, me, James, and I are trying to accomplish is helping in any way we can. And so if you can donate, if you can share, if you can repost, please, please, please do. Uh, very interesting that I posted it on Instagram. My last post got over 250 likes. This one only got about 50. So please, you know, show some love for people that need it. These guys, guys, ladies, children, anyone don't have water, don't have running water, can't shower, can't brush their teeth, can't do anything like that. So basic, basic life necessity that we need to help with and that's what we're doing um so please donate like i said it's on our instagram the link is in my bio and instagram twitter anything like that so please share donate whatever you need to do um thank you very much this is caffeine and covers let's run it The NBA is officially back, and so are we, baby. Let's go. We had a great weekend. We had all-star break. We had the all-star game. Uh, it was all in one night this year. Uh, you know, mixed, mixed reviews on everything. The dunk contest was a little boring. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to figure out with the dunk contest uh, coming up. Uh, hopefully... You know, there's some things I do like. I don't mind that they're including a lot of young players in the dunk contest just because I feel like those guys have, you know, the most to prove. They have the most bounce, obviously, guys like Cassius Stanley. You know, people that, 
you know, have a chance to make their name. Uh, it just format needs to change a little bit. I don't know. Ah, it's a, it's a, you know maybe there just needs to be a special player. Uh, you know, kind of like a Vince Carter type to to reinvent the dunk contest, reinvigorate some energy into the to the event. But other than that, three point contest is always fantastic. Steph Curry showed up, did his thing, proved he was the goat. A uh, little Larry Bird moment because everyone kind of thought he was going to win. And then he just went out and proved it, man. Uh, obviously, there were some shooters that we'd like to see. I mean, maybe Dame, maybe Clay, uh, maybe Joe Harris. But, you know, Steph, Steph, he's the best. He's the GOAT, undisputed, and still world champion, Steph Curry. Um, but other than that, all-Star game in general. It was uh, it was a cool spectacle. That's what it is. You got to take the All-Star game for what it is. It's just, it's fun. You know, it, it, the game itself is fun. It's more about getting the nod, getting the selection. And then once you get to the game, it's just all about having fun and not getting hurt, which was a big thing this year. You know, LeBron didn't play too much, uh, which some people didn't like. But I, you know, do what you got to do, LeBron. Your team is what's important. This All-Star game uh and we haven't even mentioned how it probably shouldn't have even been played in the first place and a lot of players weren't happy and I think LeBron kind of took that out he, he showed that he did not want to be there and you know four points he didn't play very much so uh that's that I don't I don't want to talk too much about the all-star game especially this year it's, it's just something I feel like doesn't deserve too much of our time but getting into the second half of the NBA season we are approaching the playoffs and things are starting to take shape. So I uh, went through the standings and wrote down some quick storylines for every team. We're going to go through each conference. And this is just going to be a little preview for uh, what I'm looking for in each team, what I'm looking for each team to improve, or what I saw in the first half. So different little tidbit on each team here. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, we'll start with the bottom so the Cavs, Magic, and Pistons, they are in full tank mode, man. Uh, they are just bad, bad, bad. Uh, the Cavs are, you know, they've got some young pieces. I really like Sexland, which is the combo of Garland and, and Sexton. I don't, I don't really know too much what they are yet because they're so young. But I do like their potential. I like Jared Allen. Um, Isaac Okoro has been playing really well. They've got a lot of young dudes. Dylan Windler's been getting healthy and shooting the shit out of the ball, so the Cavs do have a little potential, the Magic and the Pistons, on the other hand, uh, they got a lot of stuff to figure out, I don't want to touch too much on them, but yeah, those are the bottom feeders of the conference, and, and you know, just fighting for lottery position, uh, which, in this draft, which I will get into, is it's going to be very important to get that, get that lottery position, get in the top five, and, you know, you have a very good chance of getting a really, really good player this year. Uh, but looking a little more ahead in the conference standings, uh, we've got you know a couple teams really battling for that play-in spot this year, that 9-10, or 7-10 through 10 spot. Uh, so we've got the Wizards, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hornets, and I guess you could throw in the Raptors. I do think the Raptors are going to make a little distance there. I think they'll get the 7th seed. Uh, actually, I think they might get the 5th seed and the Knicks could fall. But... Um, there's a lot of teams just jumbled up right there, all fighting for, you know, that playing seed, that eight seed, 
they're kind of just middling, which is where you really don't want to be. But there's some teams definitely with potential, like the Pacers, they need to get healthy. Karis LeVert, once they get him back, I think that they can, you know, regain to where they were last year a little bit, uh, become a really, you know, solid team that, you know, wins games that they should. Uh, and then you look at the Bulls, who I personally love gambling on, but, uh, you know, Levine and uh, Colby White, They've got a young core that has potential, but I really don't know where where that team goes necessarily. I don't think they have too much upside unless they make some drastic changes to that roster. Um, but, you know, they can always rebuild through the draft, uh, keep getting young players, and hopefully Levine and White and all those guys keep getting better. But, you know, you keep going up the, up the standings here. And uh, there's definitely some teams that are very, very interesting. The Hornets, uh, probably the league pass team of the year. LaMelo Ball is running away with rookie of the year. And another player that, you know, kind of disappeared for a couple years, a very big name coming out of college was Malik Monk. And he's shown this year why he had so much hype. Very, very talented scorer. He had a big 30-point game a couple weeks ago. Um... And he's just got a lot of potential, man. He's a very good shooter. He's very athletic. He can get to the rim. Uh, and if he just keeps improving, he can definitely be a very uh, good six-man, good bench scorer at the worst. And, you know, who knows where, where his his ceiling is. So I really like the, the Hornets. They're a fun team. If you guys haven't watched them this year, they lead the league in assist percentage. They're just... Really unselfish, really fun. Um, a lot of weird pieces that are, are fitting right now in uh, Regier and Hayward and P.J. Washington, LaMelo, Malik Monk, and, uh, you know, they're just a fun, fast-paced team. So another team that is is right in front of the Hornets that is surging right now is the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat, who are very good and obviously you know they struggle with injuries but now that they're getting healthy we're seeing where they got to last year um bam is is one of the best players in the league uh very underrated and people might scoff at me saying that but you know the things he does the improvements he's made on offense with his his mid-range game and, and being more aggressive and then just everything else he does on the court with his screens and his defense it's very, very impressive, and, and he's just, I don't want to say a mini Draymond, but, you know, he's, he's kind of a younger version of Draymond, just do-it-all kind of very versatile big man who, uh, I mean, jeez, we saw last year, he, him and Jimmy led that team to the finals, so he obviously um, proved himself in the playoffs, which is what stars do, and I think that as he keeps getting better, he's going to be just shooting up those those player rankings, man. He's, he's, he's a really fucking good player. So the Heat are in a position right now where they have a team where, you know, they feel like they can get back to the finals. They made it once, but they also can make a move here. They can swing for the fences, which I don't know if that's a bad call, you know, maybe trading for a guy like Bradley Beal or, I mean, not trading, but trying to make calls for a guy like Bradley Beal, seeing who else is available before the deadline. And then also, you know, this offseason, just swaying for the fences, trying to sign someone big. Um, because this team has the pieces. If they can just get one more kind of creator, one more piece, one more, you know, guy, uh, they're really fucking scary, man. So uh, the surprise of the season probably is the New York Knicks. 
Um, very, very good defensive team. They're, I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, their problem is offense, though. They just struggle scoring. Julius Randle is really carrying the load. Derrick Rose has helped. He's been playing very well this year. But they still struggle um, on offense, and we'll see if they can keep this up. I'm very skeptical of it. Um, they've gotten very lucky with their schedule and, the, and you know, just teams – have not been playing well against them, which is, you know, it happens, but that's why we have these numbers, and that's why you, you look at the numbers, because you can see that, you know, teams have not been shooting uh, as expected against the Knicks, and that very variance could could shift to the other side, and we could start seeing the Knicks lose games that maybe they shouldn't, or teams get hot in games. and So, I don't know where the Knicks go, but... <sighs> I don't think it's up, man. I don't think it's up. I'm sorry for my Knicks fans. I'm going to keep looking at them for, for bets, but I really don't think uh, the Knicks are too... They're really... I, I just don't see them continuing to outperform these these insane... Um, I, don't, I don't even know what to call it, man. The Knicks are just... I've really never seen this from them. It's weird. It's really weird. Um... Moving on, though, we have the Celtics, who were, uh, you know, kind of a disappointment. But then you look up and you see they're number four in the standings. They, uh, they, you know, their offense isn't too good. Their defense isn't too good. They're very middling. But this year especially, if you can just get home court advantage, um, they play the Knicks right now, which is a, you know, pretty good matchup for them. Uh, I just, I think the Celtics... They still need to to figure stuff out. Um, Kemba has been playing well as of late. I know I talked about on on le- the recent pods how Kemba has been playing very well this year. But of course, after I said that, he started playing very well. Had a couple of good games before the All Star break. We'll see if he can continue that. Um, hopefully, he can. I'm I'm rooting for him. I love Kemba, and you know, like I said, he's the uh, he's the missing piece for that team. So if they, if they can get him back and, and almost to 100% or, or to 100%, then that solves a lot of issues for this team, especially with guys getting healthy like Marcus Smart. Um, by playoff time, this team can really be rounding into shape, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that's, a, that's a big thing to watch. I'd say that's one of the biggest storylines to watch, especially in the East with contenders, is can Kemba continue to keep playing like he was before the All-Star break, and uh, can that lead the Celtics to, you know, achieving their, their potential, which is, which is, you know, theoretically pretty high with, with Tatum and Brown and Smart. They have really good defenders and, and people that can score. So we'll see how that goes. Another big thing with that team, last thing I'll say, is, is Tatum's health. Um, you know, he had COVID and, and coming back from that, he's, he struggled. So we'll see if over time he can just keep getting, uh, you know, stronger and, and healthier and back to himself because like I said, you know, Tatum's another huge piece of that team. If if he's not shooting very well, if he's not scoring 25 to 30 points a game, that team is is going to struggle on offense. So they need him to be 100%. And if he can, maybe they can contend with the big three in the East, which I would say are the Bucks, which is, you know, probably the third team right now, third best team in the East. They uh they've struggled this year a little bit. They uh like I talked about too. They they changed up their defense. They went from a drop heavy scheme and now they're switching a little more. We'll we'll keep an eye on that through the second half of the season. See how they um 
how much they incorporate switching, how much they go back to dropping. Um, you know, we'll see what they do. It'll definitely be team specific as well. But a big thing, especially with their defense, is getting Drew Holiday back. Um, he he came back right before the All Star break. He was on a little bit of a minutes restriction. He wasn't starting, but if they can get him back and healthy, um, you know, kind of same thing with Tatum. Just time getting healthy from COVID. He, um, you know, he's a big part of their defense, especially the drop off from Drew to Bryn, Bryn Forbes. It's uh, it's big. It's huge. Bryn Forbes is one of the worst defending guards in the league, and we see this year that he's just getting killed. You know, especially on off-ball screens, on-ball screens trying to get over stuff. Uh, Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, you could argue he's one of the best. He's the best guard defender in the league when healthy. So obviously, the difference between that and Bryn Forbes is massive for this team. And you know, offensively too, Drew Holiday brings a lot to the game. So if the Bucks can get Drew back, if they can, you know, figure out their defense, Giannis can keep playing at this high of a level. Um, you know, he's been doing a lot this year with playmaking, trying to figure out how to get past that wall. And, you know, when people build that wall in the paint with Giannis, the best thing he can do is find other guys, use his playmaking, use his vision, because that will, you know, soften the D and it'll create opportunities for himself as well. If he can look for others, which he has been doing very well this year, um, his passing has been amazing. And, you know, that's a big thing to watch is, Giannis playing point forward and, and getting others involved because, you know, obviously when he's on the court, everyone on, on the other team is, is focusing on him. So those are the Bucks. Hopefully, you know, they can maybe, I don't know, especially with these top two teams, I don't know if they're, they're going to be left out of the, the conference finals again this year and looking for answers, but they are definitely a contender. They're definitely one of the stronger rosters in the league. And even through all their, their struggles this year, they have one of the best SRS ratings, one of the best net ratings, and, you know, one of the best records in the league. So looking to the top two of the Eastern Conference, the Nets are have the second best record. They have as many wins as Philly, but they have one more loss. And obviously, you know, I've talked about a, a lot about the Nets. They are just a very, very scary team. And over the All-Star break, they added Blake fucking Griffin, who, you know, that could go one of two ways. We could see Detroit Blake Griffin keep, you know, playing like he was, which was, you know, just not the same a shell of himself, very unathletic kind of a shooter. But that even that Blake Griffin would add, um, you know, very valuable bench minutes to this team. He could back up Jeff Green. He could back up DeAndre Jordan. You know, he could provide a little spark off the bench, especially against bench units. He could, I bet he could get, you know, some pretty easy buckets and, and opportunities. So the other way this could go is, you know, we could start seeing a little bit of old Blake, which um, there's not too good of a chance of that. But, you know, just by looking at recent history, but, you know, don't count him out. He's, a you know, one of the best players in the league a couple, you know, five, ten years ago. So... I just think that there's a chance, man, this guy could come in and he could be rejuvenated, uh, you know, a lot more energy, a lot more focus, you know, being on a Pistons team that's bottom of the conference, they have really no future, they have no hope, and now you're on the best team in the league with a very good chance of winning the title, you're with a lot of your good friends, you know, he's buddies with KD and Kyrie, and obviously DeAndre Jordan is a Lob City teammate, so... <sighs> I just think that's very, very scary, man. The opportunity there 
for him to, you know, set screens, roll, short roll, kind of, you know, get that, get the ball from Kyrie and, and either pull up for a jumper, find an open teammate, find a shooter, find Joe Harris in the corner, find KD in the corner. Uh, it's the, the opportunities are endless and mind boggling and terrifying really for the rest of the conference. So that's the Nets, uh, the best team in the conference right now. And, you know, they have one of the MVP favorites is Embiid and the Sixers with, you know, Doc and Daryl, you know, they, they finally hired some, some bona fide front office coaching stars and we're seeing that turnaround in the franchise. We're seeing, you know, little fixes that are really making this team run. Um, the Embiid-Simmons pairing has really taken off this year. We've seen Simmons really take the next step in his game while, he, you know, he's still not shooting jumpers, sadly. His defense is, I mean, you can make an argument it's the best in the league, but you can't really deny that he's one of the best defenders in the league just with his size being 6'10 and his athleticism, he is truly one of the only guys in the league, you know, Giannis maybe, LeBron maybe, that can guard one through five on the floor. Um, he can guard, you know, he starts on point guards because he's, you know, one of their point guards. And then he can guard centers, he can guard wings, he can guard KD. Um, he's just so versatile and scary with his defense. And then, you, you know, you add his playmaking and his offense and his size and and the mismatch he brings with with guards and, and switches, it's uh, it provides an issue uh, for other teams. And if a coach can figure out how to how to maximize all his his positives, and you know while also figuring out how to to minimize the lack of shooting and the lack of space that he creates, obviously this team can can reach you know the conference finals or the finals with the way Embiid is playing this year. And if if Embiid, the only thing I would say about Embiid this year is I'm just very skeptical about his shooting numbers. You know, it seems like that he's just shooting very, very well. And, you know, in a, in a very real season with 70, you know, 82 games, uh, you know, we wouldn't even be halfway through. So I just think that there needs to be a little more time with, you know, seeing how Embiid's shooting numbers play out. Obviously, obviously, he's one of the most dominant players in the league. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that, you know, he's shooting such a high percentage, especially from mid-range. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up. Because if he can, I mean, we're talking about one of the next great centers. I mean, he already was. He's already growing into that role. But specifically just for this year and right now, he... He would, uh, you know, he would already be in that role almost. He would, he would already be the next, uh, you know, I mean, obviously AD and Jokic, but he's there with them, man. He is, he's one of the next best ones. He, he needs to be, if everything goes well, if he can stay healthy, he will be a Hall of Famer. And we'll see where he can lead this team. And uh, specifically this year, with the you know the East being how it is, uh, you know the Nets just looking unstoppable, the Bucks coming together, and you know there's a couple other teams: Celtics, Heat, Raptors. Raptors could make a move. Um, you just never know. You just never know where what's gonna happen. And man, these playoffs, especially in the East, I am excited. And now there's one last thing. I think I'm going to save the Western Conference for tomorrow or, you know, another day. But the last thing I will say about the East is there is a trade looming over. There's an elephant in the conference in the room. 
um, and that would be Kyle Lowry. There's been rumblings that the Raptors are looking to trade him. You know, he's going to be a free agent soon. The Raptors are, are looking to build around the young core of, of Van Vliet and, you know, Powell and OG and, and uh, shoot, Pascal. So, you know, Lowry is older and, and he's been with the franchise forever. And the Raptors could definitely look to get some young pieces, get some draft picks. And, you know, in exchange, another Eastern Conference team, cough, cough, the Sixers, um, you know, who else was looking for him? Uh, you know, there's a couple other teams, you know, also in the Western Conference, but specifically the Sixers could use a playmaker, could use a guard, you know, a lineup with Lowry, Simmons, Embiid, Harris, and then, you know, you throw in like Curry or Danny Green, you know, another shooter. That's just a very scary, versatile, defensive, very defensive. You also have Tybal coming off the bench, who's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, it's just, it's a very scary unit, and it could take the Sixers to that next level. And I would definitely put the Sixers in the Nets level, as crazy as that sounds, um, if they could get Lowry, just because their roster and, and the depth and how defensive and and the bigs and the matchup problems too for the, the nets that they provide um would just be so intriguing and and i just if i'm daryl i'm i'm calling the raptors every day i'm offering everything i have even though it's not much and you know we'll see who they give up um you know it could be tybal it could be maxi i don't know how many draft picks they have but Really just, I think that it's something the Sixers and, and obviously a couple other teams should look at because Lowry is, is a bona fide star. He's, a, he's an NBA champion. He's, he's a veteran. He would bring a great locker room presence. He's a point guard and I, someone you can trust in the playoffs. So, whew, a lot going on, a lot happening. Uh, the Eastern Conference is going to be a bloodbath. Those playoffs are going to be so fun. And... That's not even close to the best conference in the NBA. I just so excited for the second half. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get into the lock of the day and wrap up with some college basketball talk. So thank you guys so much. That was our quick breakdown of the Eastern Conference NBA second half storylines. Whew. Alrighty, let's get into the lock of the day. I'm very sorry for the last week of the lock of the day. Um, just uncanny. Two losses. Uh, we're up to 11-4 and four now, which, you know, still isn't bad at all. We'll take those numbers. But we're going to try to get some winners for you. We're going to try to get back on a hot streak. Obviously, you can't force a hot streak. And the more you try to force one the least it comes. So we're just going to try to look at the numbers. We're going to try to reevaluate. We're going to watch a lot of games here. And we're going to give you guys some, hopefully, some winners. And uh, tonight, specifically, we're back. But we're only back. The NBA's given us a little appetizer for our first night back. Uh, we're only getting two games. The first is Memphis and Washington. That line opened at one and a half. It's up to three, three and a half some places. Um, Memphis... Or Memphis is favored by three now. It opened at Memphis by one and a half. Sorry, uh, a little clarification there. 
I uh, Memphis played really well uh, going into the break. Uh, Jaw was you know balling out. He was a little angry. He wasn't even considered for the All Star team, and they were getting healthy. You know they struggled with injuries like everyone else. But once they got healthy, once they got Brooks back and and their full lineup back, and Jaron Jackson's almost back as well. This team is obviously very young, but very scrappy, very good. Um, I love watching him play. I love Jaw. Uh, you know, he needs to figure a lot out on defense, but his offense is just undeniably special. So is his athleticism, his playmaking. So uh, while he does force some shots, I do think this matchup is very interesting tonight. You have Westbrook and Beal. Washington was another team that was playing very well coming into the break. Um, you know, they were surging after a horrific start to the year. But I just don't know. I'm kind of leaning Memphis. Three is, seems a little high. My number for the game is two and a half. So I'm not going to lock that in yet. Obviously, the lock of the day is not locked in until 4 o'clock on the Instagram. Um, so please go there to check for the lock of the day later today. But for this game, I'm leaning Memphis minus three. We'll see where the line goes. There's definitely going to be some line movement. A uh, lot of the money on Memphis, so I'm a little sus about that. We've got some sharp plays on Memphis, so I will be watching that line. Don't be surprised if I do take Memphis, especially um, if it goes down to maybe two and a half, uh, which would be my number. I think Memphis could could either eke one out or you know kind of pull away from Washington um, as they had just you know a younger, more energetic team and. And we'll see what you know. We'll see what Washington is made of here. This is a good test for both teams coming out of the break. Uh, and then the second game of the night, real quick, is Dallas and San Antonio. Good old Texas battle. Uh, the line opened at Dallas by five. It's down to Dallas by four now. I only have Dallas by basically a point, which uh, you know a little strange. But definitely, if you look at the numbers, San Antonio kind of edges out Dallas in every category that I look at. Uh, except for field goal rate, which uh, obviously is a big factor. But, you know, San Antonio, there's definitely ways that they can they can win this game, win the turnover battle, win the rebound battle, and, uh, you know, just eke this one out. And, you know, never, never doubt against Pop, especially, you know, being a four-point dog. So I would lean San Antonio there. The only thing is, is I don't want to bet against Luka. So I think, you know... I'm leaning more toward the Memphis selection, but we will watch the lines. We'll see injuries, and we'll let you guys know around 4 p.m. today or at the very latest before the game starts. So before the game starts, make sure to check the Instagram, the Uptake Instagram or the Caffeine and Covers Instagram, and you guys will get the lock of the day. Um, you know, and a little you know warning here. If you put money on it and you win, great congratulations but if you put money on it and lose you know i am sorry but that is your decision that's your money so you know it's it's up to you it's, it's completely up to you i'm just giving you guys uh you know my selection i do take these picks i bet on them and i give you a little explanation and if you want to ride with me you can if not you don't have to just you know maybe t maybe fade me maybe fade me because you know Either or, you're going to be right. One one side's going to be right in a, in a basketball, in a, in a game. So, you know, either or, do that. So, moving on, go to the Instagram, check for the lock of the day later. We're going to get into some college basketball talk here to wrap up the show. 
and then we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. So, okay, so finally, I want to wrap up today's show with a little college basketball talk. I know that's what we've been doing lately, and especially now with conference finals starting and, you know, March Madness right around the corner. Uh, or conference tournament, sorry, my head's still in NBA mode a little bit. I got to switch over to college. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement going on. So, to get into it, the first, you know, little question I have is Gonzaga versus the field. I, uh, you know, if you watch Gonzaga in the Western Conference Championship yesterday, uh, you know, they were down by up to 14 points in that first half. And then Jalen Suggs, who I think is, you know, the difference this year for why Gonzaga could win the championship. He is very, very special. You know, he could be at any program, and he'd be one of the best players in the country. So he took over that game last night, hit a couple big threes, couple very nice layups, had a big block, just took over, man. And that's what special players do. And and with the rest of that team, you know, Corey Kispert is, is a tank who's also a sniper. I mean... Could be the next kind of Joe Harris type NBA player. I really like his game. And Drew Timmy, who I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen too much of his game, but obviously heard a lot of good things. And, you know, he's put up a lot of big statistics this year. So I think Drew Timmy and Kispert and Suggs, they're just, they're unstoppable really. And, you know, they, they've barely had a close game this year. They've beaten every good team by at least 15, you know, average margin of 15. So Gonzaga versus the field, um, you know, you look at all the other teams this year, uh, Illinois, Baylor, Michigan, Alabama's up there, Houston, there's a couple weird, weird teams up there this year, and I just don't know if anyone can compete with this Gonzaga team. Uh, Baylor, if they're fully healthy, obviously can, I think, just because, uh, you know, their guard play of, of Butler and Mitchell, and then you have one of the best defenders in the country in Mark Vital. Uh, they're just a very, very versatile, athletic, defensive uh, group who has the ability to slow down Gonzaga while also keeping up with them on the offensive end because, you know, with Meyer coming off the bench, uh, they just have, you know, scoring power. And, and they're, uh, they're also a veteran team who's, who's been there before, like Gonzaga. Um, and, you know, if you want to... Butler versus Suggs in the point guard matchup. Butler has definitely an advantage in experience and in you know being there before. So if it comes down to you know a, a final four, a, a championship game, that's gonna be that's gonna be the matchup. Obviously, we all want to see. It should have happened earlier this year, except it got canceled. So you know, hopefully, fate will bring those two teams back together and they'll meet in the uh, in the championship or final four. Um, so Gonzaga versus the field, that's the question everyone's been asking all year. I think that I honestly might take Gonzaga just because whoosh, every time I watch them, they're special, man. And I honestly, you know, now that my Duke Blue Devils are kind of out of it, it seems like Gonzaga might be my team going into the tournament. I know, I know, you know I'm a bandwagoner, I'm a fucking whatever, but I like to watch greatness. They're going in undefeated. I'd like to see an undefeated team. That'd be pretty fun, man. And I do really, really like Jalen Suggs. So next, I want to talk about you know Suggs versus Cunningham, versus Kaminga versus Green versus Mobley, and there's you know a couple other players in this draft who are are special, man. I think they are special, special players 
who are going to make a difference in this year's draft. And if you're a team like Oklahoma City or Detroit or, you know, Houston, you should really think about tanking, bottoming out this year, uh, trying to get, you know, at least one of these players who is going to make a difference, is going to be a star. I, I honestly would put a lot of faith and put a lot of money into one of these guys, whether it be Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, even uh, you know Jalen Green, who's an electric scorer, not as well rounded as Cunningham or Suggs, uh, as a guard, you know, playmaking wise, leadership wise, but scoring wise, there's not much better in this draft than Jalen Green. His athleticism, his explosion, uh, three level scorer from all different areas on the court. I think that he is gonna be a star, and uh, you know, then you have someone like Evan Mobley who. Some argue is the best in this draft. He's kind of a baby uh, AD, just so versatile, seven feet tall, special on defense, can shoot, can handle. Um, you know, it's kind of mind-boggling watching him play basketball. It doesn't really make sense. So this draft is going to be a special one. We're going to see a lot of these guys in the tournament. You can watch some of these guys in the G League. Um, and... We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. You know, there's a lot of teams in need of young talent, like I just talked about in the Eastern Conference specifically. So that's that. A um, couple last things I want to touch up on in college basketball. Uh, you know, a couple rhetorical questions to get you guys thinking. How many non-Big Ten, Big 12 teams are going to make the Final Four? Uh, if you look at the, you know, the rankings right now, you got Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State. West Virginia, Kansas, Oklahoma State, you know, you can just keep going. That's all just in the top 12. So there's just, it's packed with all these these two conferences. And so how are these two conferences going to perform? You know, we haven't seen a, a champion from either of these conferences in a, in a little bit. I could be wrong. No, Villanova, North Carolina, a lot of ECC team. Yeah, no, I don't think we've seen a champion out of either of these conferences for quite some time. So... Will this be the year that one of these two conferences breaks through? You know, they've been packing the standings. You got Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, three, four, five right now, which is crazy. Um, Illinois is a team I haven't really talked about too much today. I love Iota Suma. I love Coffee Coburn. And, you know, just a great, fun team to watch. Great college basketball team. So, the last question I will say is, is this the future of college basketball? You know, where we see teams like Kentucky and Duke and Michigan State start to struggle and, and other teams like Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, you know, starting to catch up in recruiting. And, and then we see it on the court as well with, uh, you know, play. And, and it's just becoming a lot more competitive. We're not seeing, you know, the so-and-so blue bloods, um, in the top of the rankings this year. So I'm asking, is this the future of college basketball? Is this what college basketball is going to start to look like here in the next couple of years? Um, as teams get more money and start catching up to these other teams that were, were so far ahead over the last couple of years and, and we're dominating the ranks of college basketball. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been caffeine and covers. Please don't forget to share and donate and uh, help out Jackson, Mississippi. They are without water right now. Uh, you know, winter storm and COVID has hit them hard. And so any way you can help our fellow human beings, that would be awesome. And make sure to subscribe, 
to the Caffeine and Covers podcast. Follow us on Instagram where you can get updates on the latest episodes from you know the Uptake Media Network. And also you can find the lock of the day, which the more I think about it, the more I like the Memphis Grizzlies minus three. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you tomorrow.